0: Welcome back to the Modern Old School Training Podcast. I'm Aaron King, and joining me today is one of my good friends, Jordan Palmer, uh, coach of Elite 11, among many other things. Today we're going to just be talking about a lot of what's been going on lately, which has been high profile, the draft, and, dude, some heck of a week. Yeah, has. Uh, So just for context, let's yeah. talk about, I guess, QB Summit and kind of what you're doing there, what the whole premise is. Uh, I mean... We got a lot of young developing athletes either through the podcast, through uh, the training programs, uh, through the app, and then, of course, Texas football and various publications. So there's a lot of guys that can get a lot of value from what y'all do. Yeah, I think, um, you know, as I address guys who are
1: um, in a stage of their career where they're trying to take a step, that's where I can be most helpful. There's a ton of people. So I, I get a chance to work with some of the top high school, some of the top college, and some of the top NFL quarterbacks. And for me... Um, it's, it's less about working with the best guys, it's more about trying to help guys take a step. So the three areas where I find myself most valuable is, is the three times when guys are really trying to move forward with their careers. So the first one early on is guys who are trying to either become the starter in high school, whether that's entering into high school from middle school when they're a freshman or whatever, or they're trying to start just their senior year and just have a great senior year and that's it, mm-hmm. and they're not gonna play after college, they wanna start as a senior. Um, the second time I can be really helpful is guys that are transitioning from high school to college. And then the third is when guys are transitioning from the college to the NFL, and the draft process. And um, and so I, I just, as a coach, I would be crazy to think that I can help anybody. I'd be crazy to think that I can only help one person based off my experience. So for me, it's trying to position myself in the time when I can be most valuable to the person that I'm training. And uh, so for me, it's that high school, that high school to college, and then that college to pro, uh, that, that kind of phase of their career is when I can be most purposeful with my time, most valuable, and the information that I've taken from other folks and that I'm repurposing and giving to guys, that's when I can create the most value.
0: I think that's the cool thing about just coaching is packaging is there's a book a little small coffee table book that is real popular in design community it's called steal like an artist and it's just basically taking all the best stuff and then repackaging it and then the next generation takes the best stuff for that and then repackages it again and we just get smarter and smarter as you as you get more experience Um, so if anyone has no clue what just happened in the draft jordan uh, had three guys three uh, awesome quarterbacks in college Two of which went uh, one uh, three and seven, three yeah. and seven. So uh, Sam Darnold went from USC to the Jets, number three overall, and then uh, Josh Allen seven to the Bills. You um, know, I just I had the opportunity to speak with uh, John Brinkus the other day about some of the really the science behind these guys. But you got to get to know them on a personal level, uh, and I think what's cool is that you these are guys you know in high school and now top ten picks. Yeah. So there's a it's beyond just technique. It's it's the personality, the quality of the guy, mm-hmm. and and so much more than that. And If you're going to be investing as a franchise in a guy like that, um, you got to know that you're getting a good dude to like can come in and lead this team. So, can you touch a little bit on like what it takes to be? Yeah, uh, from a, a person standpoint, like just a good quarterback.
1: Yeah, it's it's super hard. I mean, there's there's so you're talking about the most complex position in all of sports. Yeah, that um, has the most responsibility, and uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Let's just put this in context, okay? So, an NFL quarterback um, is out on the field. looks to the sideline, and uh, he's got a headset on, and the coaches will. At 15 seconds left on the shot clock, the coach cuts that off, right? Or the, the league cuts that off. So you only have until 15 seconds left. And you may get a play call that's H set to gun, spread right, H hot tool, trying to drive F read alert, Mustang dragon on a white one. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening there. Yeah. I didn't make that up. I can say it again. H set to gun, spread right, H hot tool, trying to drive F read alert, Mustang dragon on a white one. And so that's a lot of information that you have to take. Tell 10 other people then get to the line of scrimmage, then decipher what this, the coverage is. And depending on I, what I just said is two plays, which is really common. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a pass and a pass, but it's also based off of pressure and allocation and what side it's coming from. And so you have to decipher all that information. Odds are one of these idiots is going to be like, wait, what is it? Right. And so you have to tell that person. And then 15 seconds cuts off, and then you, got ex- then you have to execute the play. And so this is a really complex sport. So for me, the secret sauce is simplifying the game into... Um, things like we only play the game two ways on platform when the quarterback's in the pocket or off platform when the quarterback's moving around, we only throw three throws. We drive it, we layer it, and we throw the ball with touch. Um, and there's only two coverages, man or zone. Now there's a lot of different variations of man. There's a lot of variations of zone, but the more I can boil it down and simplify it, then the easier it is for me to take amazing pieces of information that I've gotten from great coaches, great players, terrible coaches, terrible players, and I can take that and figure out what's really going to work for that player and take it in a way where they can actually digest it and then the output is exactly what they're looking for. So the the way that I've learned to do that is I take the approach of a physician. So I want to give you a diagnosis But I have to also give you a prescription of what you should take moving forward. So if you're really sick, Aaron, and you go to the doctor and he says, you know what? You got the flu. But he doesn't give you a pack, And I'm not even like a drug guy. I take all natural and all that, whatever. But like... If he, if he tells you you have the flu and doesn't give you anything, he or she gives, tells you, you have the flu, but they don't give anything to you, it's kind of irrelevant. It's like, no. great, I got the flu. I'm still screwed. Yeah. So for me, I want to be able to say, here's a diagnosis of where you're at physically, mentally, and emotionally. And here's the prescription for you, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and the value that I have is you know I was a you know learn anybody how terrible I was. I was a six round pick, I had one scholarship offer, all that stuff. but my older brother Carson Palmer was the number one pick, highest recruited kid in the country, won the Heisman, and you know was the number one pick in the draft and so for me, I have both vantage points over what it really actually takes, mm-hmm. and what I think it actually takes is simplifying the game yeah. So for me, working with a lot of these top quarterbacks, whether it's you know Blake Bortles of the world, uh, Christian Hackenberg, Deshaun Watson this year, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, um, it really the key, the secret sauce is simplifying things for them because it's incredibly easy to get overwhelmed. And I think if you're a speed coach or you're a strength and conditioning coach or you're a position coach of any position, simplifying the game is where you can separate yourself from other coaches because... The reality is is that all of these sports are complex. Even if you're on an eighth grade girls club volleyball team and and you're coaching outside hitters, that's still a very specific thing where when that girl is playing in the game, there's a lot of things happening on. So how do you just give her one, two, or three things to think about that will allow her to kind of set what her goal is for each play, each period of time, or each game, or each season? Um, so that she can actually measure where she's at, but also have a prescription of how she's going
0: to get better. And mm-hmm. whatever your sport is, whatever your position is, I just think it's invaluable. Yeah, no, that's extremely invaluable. Not, not a, lot of, a lot of coaches or even just spectators really understand like, how to dissect that stuff and prescribe it properly. Um, so what are you guys doing? If, if, if anyone wants to find out more about uh, just QB Summit, you, guys, you have camps coming up. Is there yeah. something uh, they can look at? Just QB is it? Yeah, QB
1: com and, and QB Summit on Instagram or Jordan Palmer on Instagram. For me, it's it's uh, this is not how I feed my family. This is something I do for fun. I love it. It is a business, but um for me it's really about helping guys take that step. Yeah. And I specifically coach quarterbacks and um, you know, I, I have some guys that like started their senior year in high school, and aren't gonna sniff college. And I'm like literally as proud of the development that they had and the potential that they reached as I am about what happened. Yeah. Two nights ago, the NFL draft, Sam Darnold, number three overall with the Jets. I'm just telling you, I have some guys that I'm just like that geeked up about. And any coaches who are watching this, you know what I'm talking about. It's not it might be the the dude sh- sophomore shot putter
0: who PR'd in the event. And it's like that's everything. It's all about maximizing. You just want to know that you know you took it to the to max. Yeah. I mean, I there was a period where I was I was done you know, and then I gave it a second shot. If I did not give it that second shot, which, you know, I got to a certain point, uh, played in the UFL for two years and career over concussions. And I didn't know my career was over yet, but I just knew I was in Scottsdale seeing black spots everywhere, having a migraine literally around the clock. And went out and snapped one day and could not see straight and I was like, I'm done. Like I can't physically do this anymore. I got a call from the Cleveland Browns that week. It was like week fourteen. And I was I actually told my agent, I was like, I dude, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I cannot snap. And you know how you're pursuing it. You're giving everything you got. But knowing that, like, like I'm totally cool with no one but if i had i not gotten to that point i would have been
1: like what if or like it really is about reaching the potential yeah it's not not everybody's potential is to make it to the the pinnacle or nfl right we're talking football um so i have a really clearly defined purpose in life and and you and i've been friends a long time i don't even know if you know this but um when i got i had a career where i played for a while and then i got cut after the lockout so I was kind of done, and then I broke my ankle mm-hmm. and I had two surgeries, and so I was done. And to your point, um, I, I kept at it, and I got another opportunity. But for me, um, I, I went on a soul-searching mission, and I was really, really like overwhelmed by this idea of trying to find my purpose in life. And I was challenged by somebody who's a life coach to say, you know, so to speak and uh he had said if you can't clearly define your purpose in 25 words or less then it's not clear to you and you will always chase things until Mm -hmm. you can clearly define what your purpose is so i can definitively say that my purpose in life is to use my experiences on and off the field to help entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities on and off the field and i only train quarterbacks that identify themselves as as entrepreneurs and i have some high school kids they don't have to write get entrepreneur tattooed on their arm But if you're in high school, college, or pro, and you're really actually treating your football career, your quarterback career as your business, it's not even about money. If this is the thing that's gonna allow you to get to the next level, that's gonna open up more doors, uh, I can be really helpful. And if it's a rich kid who doesn't want it as bad as his dad wants it, I'd pass on that all day long. Mm It actually happens pretty consistently. And so really the purpose behind it is figuring out how you can maximize your opportunities. I definitely experienced that as a coach. And, and I think quarterbacks that have done that have are guys who've treated that as a business and said, hey, look, this is my opportunity to open up more doors. Even if that's just I'm going to go to Villanova and play football and they barely have a team, that's a better opportunity than not. Yeah. And so for me, it's I just really try and push guys down that path. And, and when guys are really open to actually trying to figure out what their potential is and go and reach it. I do have really good tools for those guys, Um, but the ones that aren't, um, I'm I'm really quick to kind of cut bait and say, you know what, this isn't a fit, and maybe I can find somebody else for you, because um, you have to really actually have that inner desire to deal with two things that I think are inevitable. I think every athlete at some point reaches the inevitability of success and adversity. Those two things are going to strike you. And success, uh, adversity can be, you know, three bad throws in practice. No one was watching, right. but it's three bad throws in a row. And adversity can be Deshaun Watson tearing his LC- ACL in practice last year. Yeah. Success can be three good throws in a row in practice where you feel good about yourself. Nobody cares. Nobody's watching. It's just you, you know what you're doing. Or success can be Super Bowl MVP. Mm -hmm. And so your ability to deal with the inevitability of those two things that are always going to strike you uh, is essentially how good you are. So I look at Tom Brady, for example. So Tom Brady, uh, he entered in the NFL. He sat for a while. Six round pick. Well documented. And uh, he got a chance to go in. Bledsoe got hurt and he won a Super Bowl The next year. He came back and won another Super Bowl. He handled success really, really, really well. And then I can think of a year uh, of a season years later when, uh, you know, Gronk was hurt, surgeries all offseason. Aaron Hernandez killed people. So he was in jail and prison for the rest of his life. <laughs> and Wes Walker got traded away. And they didn't really have a running back that anybody could name. And Brady just kind of like barely lost in the AFC championship game. He handled oh. adversity really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I can think of a hundred thousand other examples. But in essence, Your ability to deal with success and adversity is essentially how good you are. Now, you may be really good at handling adversity as an athlete or a coach, or you may be really good at handling success. But if you can't hold those two things in tension, the only thing I can guarantee you is you're not going to be that good. So I, I start my camps off with this is, you know, I tell quarterbacks, when you're a quarterback, you sign up for everything. So any young quarterbacks or any coaches that coach quarterbacks, seal this line. When you're a quarterback, you sign up for everything. Aaron, you stood on the sideline. You were the guy that I stood next to on the sideline after interceptions. Mm-hmm. Because one, you loved me. And two, you kept it real. Yeah. <laughs> too real sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you sign up for all of it. Yeah. yeah. You sign up for all of the success and the amazing things that happen, And you sign up for all the bad stuff too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and if you can get really good at handling success and adversity you're going to be better positioned to handle all the other stuff that's going to come and you know th- two nights ago so i landed here thursday night was the draft right first round of the draft i land wednesday night and i'm training sam donald and josh allen josh allen tweets get released about him when he was 15 years old saying inappropriate things on twitter 15 year old kid he's from a town of 2700 people 95 percent hispanic and he's got some bad tweets that he wrote he really retweeted it was like lines from rap songs and it was blown out of proportion but it was still serious and i literally gave him that story like listen bro you signed up for all this Mm -hmm. if you were a corner it just probably wouldn't be that big of a deal you're a quarterback so it's a i mean when i say massive deal i mean like like google it i don't know (laughs) it was a massive deal yeah it's all they traded away a lot of people to get to him and but you sign up for all of it you sign up for tweets people reading tweets that you wrote when you were 15 you sign up for all of the bad things that come all of the adversity you sign up for the terrible coach that you hate you sign up for all the stuff your dad says to you on the way home you sign up for all of it. You also sign up for the good stuff, too. And, and this last season in the NFL, we saw some people who overcame adversity. Nick Foles, uh, homeboy from from uh, Minnesota. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. He's a Texas guy. Both of those guys are Texas. You sign, you sign up for that stuff, mm. too. And uh, as soon as quarterbacks start to lose their grasp on what they signed up for, they start to get foggy lenses and they think that everything that's blurry should be seen clearly and, and it's uh, it's not the coach's
0: fault, it's not the circumstantial fault, it's your fault. Yeah, You've seen so many cases of that where there are guys that only signed up for the good
1: okay. and
0: I mean there's very public instances of guys in the past that have just lost their minds on camera, there's some busts like, I don't want to name names but we can probably think of a few right off the bat, just big name quarterbacks that just didn't pan out and I think that's the, the crazy thing about Josh's situation is we tell guys all the time. I'm so glad I didn't have social media when I was younger. Uh, uh, me too. <laughs> but we tell guys all the time at these camps, you all say the same. Every coach says it. Just be careful what you put on social, on Twitter, anything. Um, this was this was blown out of proportion and crazy to see how it went down because I looked at it. And I was, I'm just thinking, like, if I was 14, 15 years old and I had Twitter – or whatever anyway but that's just something that kids gotta be really careful about digital media today because your perception on digital versus who you are as a person in the public eye when it starts blowing up well let's do this let's say that josh allen you know a lot of people thought he was gonna be the number one
1: pick right most of the reports leading up to the draft were is it baker or is it josh allen now i cannot definitively say if it had any effect on it but let's say that cleveland was a coin flip between Baker Mayfield with a number one pick or Josh Allen with a number one pick. Let's say it was a coin flip. Josh ended up going seven. The difference is six million.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of money. I don't think that's what happened. Right. But if it was a coin flip. But the difference is six million. Yeah. 6.2. Little things, man. When it comes down to splitting hairs. It's 15 years old. 15 years old. So
1: I I look at that... um, the other thing I think is good for people to think about is, um, you know, I really take an approach of that athletes are triple threats, the best athletes. So, you know, for folks who train quarterbacks, this is great, but this is any position, any sport now, any, either gender, it, it, whatever it is. Um, with, with athletes, I think the best athletes, and you can kind of like, come up with your own hypothesis over like what the common denominator is between great athletes and good athletes or good athletes and bad athletes, whatever. Um, but I really do think it comes down to um, your ability to help athletes become a triple threat. So what I mean by triple threat is mentally, physically, and emotionally. And on that, the mental side of it is can you help an athlete get to self-correction? Can you help an athlete get to a point where they actually know how to fix themselves to from the mechanic that you're teaching the can they fix themselves um physically can they do they know what to put in their body from supplements to nutrition physically do they know what type of training is best for them do they know if they're inflexible do they know if they need more yeah. t spine mobility do they know if their hamstrings are tight <laughs> so i really think Any athlete, their ability to understand on the physical side, again, triple threat, three things. Do they understand physically how to fix themselves, what to put in their body, and how to train their body? Mentally, do they understand how to have a process for learning more? So I'm big on note-taking. I'm big on saying, all right, if I'm going to be teaching and I'm on the whiteboard, you're going to write down everything. Then you're going to rewrite it and consolidate then you are going to create a learn and a no list. Learn meaning this isn't automatic for me; I am still learning it. No meaning quiz me anytime I know this. What's your full name? Aaron Robert King. Right? No hesitation. You know exactly mm. what that is. You didn't have to say um or uh. You didn't accidentally sp- switch the Robert and the Aaron and go whoa, well, I mean, what? A-? No, it's definitive. You know exactly what it is. So that's a no list. So do I? Le- am I learning this or do I know this? So the first thing on the on the mental side of it is like, do they actually know how to process information? it's different for each sport second is on the on the mental side of it is do they actually know the areas where they actually need to know more deep i get it but do you know how far away from you how far away you are from really understanding what it is that you need to understand so there's the physical the mental and then the last piece is the emotional how do you lead how do you treat people how do you care about people how do you handle success and adversity Mm -hmm. How do you self-generate confidence, which I think is the most important trait in an athlete? How do you self-generate confidence? And I've been in a situation, and I will not name names, but I've been in a situation where um, I realized after enough time with an athlete, where I realized that I was the main person who is contributing to their confidence. My opinion of them and where they were was the source of them generating confidence. It's a danger zone. You have to be able to self-generate confidence, yeah. right? Thomas the Train saying "I think I can, I think I can." That came from Thomas the Train.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't from anybody else, right? And so we can have our kids watch Thomas the Train, but he has to be able. They, he or she has to be able to self-generate. So the physical, the mental, and the emotional side. Any coach watching this, any trainer watching this, I would really challenge you: Are you pouring into your athletes on the physical? The mental and the emotional side, because if physically they're money and they understand all of those things that I said, what to put in their body, how to train their body, and how to fix themselves, but they don't do one or two of the other two, then I'm just promising you that they're not that good. They're just not going to reach their potential. Whatever their potential was supposed to be, they're just not going to reach it. There's
0: different ways to coach guys. There's there's uh, there's I forget his name, but this doctor has really broken down psychologically of how to actually train certain personality traits. Uh, you know, because you'll have coaches that he he's a players coach or he's a screamer or he's intense and that'll work for some guys But then you're not for everyone and so it's hard for a coach to say to It or I should say it's more of a, it's almost the enlightened coach or someone that's very Very diversified in their approach to the team So you don't favor guys or act like you're being soft on a guy but being treating everyone fairly not equally um, and you see it a lot at the high school level. It's just hard, you know, uh, especially when you have kids from different backgrounds, different motivational levels. Um, and that's the big thing is, especially when I work, I work with mostly, mostly specialists. Uh, we'll, we'll get some skill guys and we're just on speed, but really they're just trying to get to the one-on-ones. But when I deal with the specialist guys, it's like golf and we're really trying to break down the technique. And when that technique break, or it's not even the technique that breaks down, if they mess up, then it's just like they forget how to snap and the confidence is really hard to build up and each guy has a different just a different way to coach some guys want to be thrown back in the fire and they respond some guys if you throw them back in the fire which don't get me wrong if you're trying to go to the next level you don't really have an option but get thrown back in the fire but some of these younger guys i work with at a camp as soon as they screw up under pressure and you throw them back out there it just gets worse from there and then you have to kind of rebuild them up and then in the off season find a way to like you said i mean that's probably the most critical element is get guys to that point of self-confidence and that carries over so much into business as well mm-hmm. uh being confident to go back in a meeting after i'll tell you with a father of a two-year-old and another one the way it's important in
1: fatherhood too yeah got to. i mean nothing prepares you for it you got to
0: believe that you're doing things the right way yeah no it's it's, it's definitely a challenge um You know, we just got a few more minutes. I I really like when you touched on uh, the just the passion or the 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 motivation behind being a QB. Um, While we're here, you know, both of us are we're we're both entrepreneurs right now, but have had our athletic journey. the The hardest thing we see, uh, I see with a lot of guys, and I dealt with for a long time, is finding that next passion. And just transitioning kind of that drive, saying, you know, when I was going to the gym, going to skill practice or whatever, I know I'm training for that opportunity to play Mm -hmm. in the NFL. In business, it's like sometimes you're just – you don't even know what to do. One, finding a passion. Once you find that passion, it makes it easier. But what are some things when you were going through that purpose journey, like really could be a few pointers of saying – Here's what I did to identify yeah. what I'm passionate about. That's not just being a quarterback, but being so much more than that. yeah, I'll be transparent. I mean, I have a two and a half
1: year old son named Ford, and he's the man, but he uh you know I, I have one goal for him. My goal is for him to figure out what he's great at and what he's most passionate about. and the faster I can align those two things the faster everyone can get out of the way and then he can go and accomplish what what he was born to accomplish. And Mm -hmm. I I can sit here, I'm a quarterback coach and I love quarterbacks and I would love to play football, but I can honestly tell you I don't care what it is, Mm -hmm. right? And so for me, everything's everything's about purpose. And my purpose is to use my experiences on and off the field to help entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities on and off the field. So for me, um, I've passed on a bunch of opportunities to make a lot of money and do this like commercial real estate or private investment, banking boutiques or whatever it is. But my purpose in life is to not make as much money as I possibly can. My purpose is what I just said. And so I think the the faster you can align with your purpose and, and one of the, the ways that I was able to find that is what my spiritual gifts are. My two spiritual gifts personally are teaching and connecting. And so I try and put myself in a position to teach and connect as much as possible. And, um, and when I get outside of that, I'm just not as productive, I'm not as good, and I'm not as fulfilled. And, you know, the, the other the other night, you know, two of my guys went drafted, and, they're, you know, they got drafted third overall, and seventh overall was amazing. It was really cool, and, the, like, the cameras and all that mm-hmm. stuff, it was really fun. But, like, the reality is, like, my third guy I was training, Kyle Allen, just signed free agent deal with the Carolina Panthers, yeah. and I'm pretty jacked because of that opportunity. So it's less pretty jacked, meaning, like, just as jacked. And... Because I know what Kyle can do when he gets to that situation. So for me, it's really about helping guys to understand what their purpose is and to go and give them the tools to fulfill that. And when you start to do that, like think, decisions become easier. Man, you know, distractions look like distractions, and, uh, and money feels like a thing, not money. And, uh, and it just has been a really clear pathway for me. And, and it's something I've worked really hard to, to really like adopt that, that, that perception on life. And, uh, and it has not fooled me yet. It, you know, hasn't taken me the wrong course
0: yet and I'm only 33, but I'm going to continue on that path. Awesome. Yeah. I'm with you, man. It takes a long time to really... Dial in on that. I mean, it takes a long time to figure it out. I, I didn't know for a long time yeah. what I wanted to and do. And I, I, I just believe that, like, unless I
1: completely bombard you with those thoughts and give you enough time to actually, like, retain those things, because I feel like my three guys over the course of three months actually know exactly what their purpose is in life, and I really challenged them. That's awesome.
0: Well, great, man. Well, thanks for joining. Thank this you. Has this has been great. Is awesome, man. I hope we do more stuff like this. In general, I just want to have more thoughtful things, and we'll expand the format over time. But this is a good hybrid Um, we could talk forever. Um, we'll keep it short for today relatively. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll link all your stuff in the description. So we'll have a lot of stuff. QB summit definitely got a lot more going on in the quarterbacks, a lot of cool stuff. Um, anything else you want to shout out or is that good? No, man, it's been fun. I, I just challenge, uh,
1: challenge anybody who's coaching athletes to figure out how you can help them mentally, physically, and emotionally. And also think about confidence. I believe confidence is the most important trait in an athlete. Also a business person, also a husband, also a father. Uh, Confidence is the most important trait. Uh, I didn't play with. I didn't really understand what confidence was until my third year in the NFL. I don't know if I ever told you that. But I played through my whole college career without really being confident what I was doing. I was letting other people's perception of what I was doing generate my confidence, which was not Mm self-generated. And uh, my third year in the NFL, I figured out how to self-generate confidence, and it changed who I was as a player. And so, uh, as a coach. And as a coach, for sure. I mean, I'm coaching players who are when they're in high school are better than I was. Mm-hmm. Let alone the college guys I train for the draft. And this guy's are like Sam Darnold. I mean, kidding me? Like he's <laughs> two years ago, he was better than I ever was. Um, so yeah, it does take confidence. It's not. I don't coach these guys because I played in the league. There's a million guys who played in the league, and most of them can't coach. Uh, for me, it's, it's really understanding that confidence is the most important trait. And I challenge my athletes to really look at it as a muscle and try and give, put them in a position to develop it just like they would a hamstring, just like they would a bicep.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. That's it. Awesome. All right. Well, tune in next time. We'll uh, talk more. Thanks, man. All right.